Hey y'all, welcome back to the Praying Single Mom Podcast, a podcast with the intention of bringing ease to Christian single moms all over the world, as we discuss weekly real-life issues such as parenting, mental health, childhood trauma, domestic violence, and much more. I'm your host, Lakeisha Cody. Let's get into it. guys excuse my nose right now (laughs) like I said um, before I got on like even right before the call um, I had a conversation with my kiddos and if you know me then you already know it doesn't take much for me to cry but these were happy tears and um, it was just a moment we had a moment um, me my son and my daughter uh, but right before I got one camera, so my nose is sniffy, and I'm getting over that, but God is good, all right? Um, So if you guys were on, (laughs) yeah, so that's what my cousin Yolanda, she texts me being nosy, talking about have you been crying? (laughs) Yes, 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 for sure, but good tears in a way. (laughs) God is good. God is faithful. Um, God is faithful. God is faithful. Um, But if you were on last week, we popped off our relationship series. This is our first time. (laughs) Yes, this is our first time doing a series. Um, But we started off by doing the relationship series, right? And we popped it off talking about what about your friends? So how many of you guys were blessed by last week's message? What about your friends? I really enjoyed that teaching. And um, I want to continue this teaching on. I will say, and I told you guys last week, as we go forward in this relationship series, every message is not going to be a clapping (laughs) or an an exciting message because how many of you know that healing, healing messages does not always feel good, right? Sometimes the truth really does hurt. Right. So the messages are not going to always feel good. Right. So as we go forth in the relationship series, I told you guys, this is a time for us to do relationships better than we've ever done relationships before. Right. We cannot continue making the same mistakes. Right. What the enemy does when you don't have the Bible says that people perish for a lack of knowledge. When you don't have knowledge in a certain area or you're ignorant in a certain area, the enemy will use that area to play one right? He will use that area to continue to play on. So we'll find ourselves in the same cycles, in the same relationships with the same type of people. They just got a different face. And you're wondering why you're dealing with the same trauma, right? And it's because you are attracting, there's something in you that's attracting the same type of people, right? So we are going to get into it, right? So this is the relationship series part two, In tonight's message, we are titling it Attached, right? So guys, one more time. I really, (laughs) I really, really, really um, want people to be on um, this relationship series. And you guys know I don't care about numbers, but I think um, our relationships, the type of relationships that we have, 
I know that they play an important role in every area of our lives, right? The type of man that you marry, the type of person that you're in a relationship with, the type of person that you choose to lay down and have children with, you know, the type of friends that you make, the type of associates that you have, the type of business relationships that you have. I feel like our relationships play an important role in everything that we do in life. So Riri, y'all make sure y'all tagging Jazz, y'all tagging Shayla. Um, somebody send a link out to Bree. There's a lot of people who I don't see on and I believe they probably got the time kind of confused, but that's okay. But make sure you guys are sending a link out, right? So this week, um, we're in part two and our teaching tonight is going to be entitled Attached. Our teaching tonight is going to be entitled Attached, Right? Attachment styles, attachment styles play an important role in how we do relationships. Like I told you guys, we're going to get to the root of it so that we can do relationships the right way. So before we move any further, who has heard of attachment styles before as it relates to relationships, parenting, um, even outside of parenting, how you do relationships, who, who's heard of attachment styles before? Some are saying me, some are saying I have not, some are saying I have. Wow, in a business management course, that's dope because you normally hear about attachment styles on the psychology part. But like I said, relationships, attachment styles, it shows up in every aspect of our lives, right? All right, so one of the focus scriptures is not really a focus scripture, but this is a scripture that I want to touch on tonight um, is Lamentations 3 and 40. And you really don't have to go there. I'll go ahead and put it down in the chat. Um, Lamentations 3 and 40, right? Lamentations 3 and 40 says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord, right? So everything that we do, we should be testing. We should be examining our ways. We should be asking God to search our heart. But even as we ask God to search our heart, we got to make sure that we are doing the work. And in this, we can return to the Lord. We can return to his ways. We can return to the way that he wants us to show up in the world, the way that he wants us to do relationships, right? Proverbs 4 and 5 even says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, right? So when we get wisdom, what does wisdom do? We get understanding. And by getting wisdom, most of the time, either it's divine wisdom, which will come from God, or it's wisdom that we get based on what we're um, studying or based on the information that we are learning here on the earth, right? So this is, this is important. This is important. So you guys stick with me on tonight, right? We're not going to be long. Um, I, I do believe I'm going to come back with a uh, a part two to tonight because I want to go deeper. But I had to get these out of the way before we move forward in the series. I want you guys to get an understanding of why you are the way you are. Why I'm not diagnosing anybody, but why you could be, let me put quote unquote, why you could be the way that you are and why you could be doing relationships the way that you are doing them. And let me say this, we are not only talking about romantic relationships here. 
attachment styles can be applied to every relationship in your life with your children, with your partner, your spouse, whoever, business, work, whatever. You're, it's going to start making sense. All right. So y'all stick with me on tonight. Right. So there are four types of attachment styles. I'm going to put them in the chat. There are four types of attachment styles. It sounds boring, but you're going to want to stick with me on tonight. There are four types of attachment styles, right? I put them in the chat. We are going to discuss, right? So the first one is secure. The first one is secure. And you may be wondering, why is she talking about this? Why are we going over this? For those of you who are just jumping on, we are in the relationship series, right? So we're talking about the attachment styles and how they shape your adult relationships, right? So when we think about attachment styles, these are the behaviors that show up in relationships, especially when a relationship is threatened. These are behaviors that begin to show up in relationships when relationships are threatened, right? So for an example, someone with a secure attachment style, secure, please guys, I'm trying to get over this um, sound in my nose, but just bear with me on tonight. Oh Lord. I'm going to get you, Yolanda. I am going to get you. from you. All right. Excuse me, guys. But for example, someone with a secure attachment style may be able to share their feelings openly, right? They may be able to seek support or ask for help when they're faced with relationship problems. However, those people who have insecure attachment styles, on the other hand, they may tend to be needy or clingy in their closest relationships. They may behave even in selfish ways when they feel vulnerable or they may shy away from, from intimacy altogether, right? So we're, we're on the secure attachment style. And y'all gonna have to stick with me on tonight. These are four attachment styles and we're gonna talk about how they're showing up in your relationships. So how do you know? How do you know that you're operating in a secure attachment style, what does that look like? What does that look like? So someone who is operating from a secure attachment style, they may be able to empathize with someone. They may be able to set appropriate boundaries. We talked about boundaries. I believe we talked about boundaries for two weeks in a row now. I see you on star and I know you don't like that boundaries word, but we talked about boundaries for two weeks in a row now, right? So someone with a secure attachment style, they may be able to set appropriate boundaries. People with secure attachment styles, they, they feel safe. Another word that stands out in this method, they feel stable. They're satisfied. Y'all keep those words right there now. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, they feel safe in a relationship. They feel stable in a relationship. They feel satisfied. How y'all y'all know what it feels like to be in a relationship where you're never satisfied. You know what it feels like to be in a relationship where it's like, oh, I can't never please her because you're always looking for something that's wrong, right? People with a secure attachment style, they don't fear being on their their own. They don't fear it. 
they usually thrive in close, meaningful relationships, right? So having a secure attachment style, it doesn't mean that these people are perfect or they don't deal with relationship problems. But even when they deal, even when relationship issues come up in their relationship, catch this, they are secure enough to take responsibility for their own mistakes. They're not placing blame. They're able to take responsibility for their own mistakes and their feelings, and they're willing to seek help if they need it. So when you're secure in a relationship, and I'm starting off with this one, when you have a secure, a secure attachment in a relationship, you know how to appreciate your own self-worth. You don't look for somebody to tell you who you are. You don't constantly need somebody to validate who you are because you already have came to the relationship secure enough. So you don't need your friend or the person that you are in a relationship with. You don't need them to validate who you are because you already showed up with your own sense of self-worth, right? You're able to be yourself in an intimate relationship. You're comfortable expressing your feelings, your hopes, and your needs, right? Y'all stick with me because I'm going to show you that people who people who have a secure relationship, I'm going to tell you a little bit how they how they grew up. Just a little bit, because this right here is rare. I started with the secure attachment for a reason, because after the secure attachment, y'all going to start saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I feel like she calling me out now. Yeah, because a lot of us don't even know what it looks like or feel like to be in a secure attachment. I know I don't. So someone with a secure attachment. You find satisfaction being with others. You don't feel no type of way, you know, being around other people. You're normally happy for your partner if you see them winning. You're normally happy for your friend if you see them winning, right? You're able to maintain your emotional balance. See, some of us lost it right there. Some of us exited the room right there. When you have a secure attachment, you're able to maintain your emotional balance and you're able to seek healthy ways. Y'all follow me on tonight. I know this is Bible study, but one thing about Bible study with me, <laughs> God going to use me in this way because listen, we got to get free. It's enough, enough with enough. Y'all know I love to pray and we love to prophesy and we love to, to do all of this type of stuff. But after you get up snotty and crying, if you're going back and you're doing the same thing in your relationship, then you are not getting free. In 2023, we are doing relationships better. We're doing relationships better, right? Someone with a secure attachment, you're able to maintain your emotional balance. You seek healthy ways to manage conflict. In a, <laughs> you seek healthy ways to manage conflict. You ain't being petty. You ain't doing tit for tat. You ain't blocking somebody one day and unblocking them the next. You ain't blocking somebody and then unblocking them the next. You are not being toxic. I know Future got y'all want to be toxic. Carisha and Didi, they got y'all wanting to be toxic. Y'all want to be toxic. Y'all okay with being a side chick nowadays. Y'all okay with people cheating on y'all and then coming back and sending you flowers and y'all want to give people kudos for all of this foolishness. But I don't know about you. I'll take Russell any day. Okay, let's move on. All right. 
What's the man name? Sierra man, Russell, is that his name? Okay, let's move on. We're going to stay in the message. We'll stay in the word on tonight. When faced with disappointment, setbacks, and misfortune in your relationships, as well as other parts of your life, you're resilient enough to bounce back. When you have a secure attachment, you're resilient enough to bounce back. And we're going to see how in these other three attachments, how if one thing happens, it knocks you off your feet. We're going to see how in these other attachments, if one thing happens, your whole world comes crumbling down. All right. So people who grew up or people who have a secure attachment, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how their childhood was. So if you have a secure attachment, first of all, God bless you. <laughs> it's likely that your parents or whoever took care of you, they were able to stay engaged with you as a child. Your parents or your caretaker, whether it was your grandmother, your parents, your mom or dad, they were able to manage their own stress. They were able to come and soothe you when you were distressed. They didn't shoo you off. They didn't make you feel like a burden. They made you feel safe. They made you feel secure. Parents, stick with me on tonight. They made you feel safe. They made you feel secure. They communicated through emotion. <laughs> they communicated. They didn't tell you like, Crime was for weak people. Crime was a sign of weakness. They didn't send you to your room to cry by yourself. They didn't tell you to fix your face when clearly something was wrong with you. Follow me. We're still on the secure attachment. Are y'all following me on tonight? With the secure attachment, your childhood, your parents, they responded to you changing your needs on a regular basis. They gave you room to change. How many of us was given room to change as a child? <laughs> How many of y'all were given room to change and evolve? People who have a secure attachment, they were given room to change. As a result, they became securely attached. As a result, they knew that their emotions, emotions, showing emotions was okay. And like I told y'all, this message ain't going to feel good, but it's going to hurt good. It's, it's going it's, it's, it's to be in a good way. It's going to be in a good way. Thank you for being honest, Shikari. The strong foundation of a secure attachment bond. It shows up in if your parenting style, when you grew up, were they enabled you to be self-confident? Were they enabled when they, when they, when they, they made you feel like you could be trusted. They didn't gaslight you. They ain't always asking you like, are you telling the truth? Are you for real? They ain't questioning you. Are you lying? Like, are you really lying? Like there's, we can, we can really go deep on this, but as we go to the other three attachment styles, you're going to begin to see why you behave the way that you behave in these adult relationships. But someone with a secure attachment, the way that they were raised or grew up, they grew up in an environment where they were able to be self-confident, where they were able to 
they know that they could be trusted. They could trust their emotions because no one was questioning. Are you, are you being dramatic? You know, is something really wrong? You know, as a parent, sometimes we're not careful. We're looking at our kids or other people's children and we're like, what's your crying for? You know, questioning your kids, making them think they're crazy. That's gaslighting. That's a whole nother method of gaslighting. And as a result, they grow up as people who can't trust their emotions. They can't trust their emotions. And it starts an up and down cycle. Now that now when you're crying in an adult relationship, and he's like, you really shouldn't be crying over that. Now you're going to bed thinking you're crazy and confused. Y'all gonna have to stick with me on tonight. I feel like I don't lost half, half of the room, right? But secure attachment, right? So we're talking about three attachment styles. So let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> let's move on to the next attachment style. So the next attachment style is the anxious, preoccupied attachment style. The anxious, preoccupied attachment style. And I have put them in the chat. Um, I'm going to copy and paste as I go. The anxious, preoccupied attachment style, right? People with this attachment style, I can resonate with this one. I'm just going to say that. They tend to be overly needy. People with this attachment style, they tend to be overly needy. And like I said, guys, this, uh, this we are going over this because we're in a relationship series and it's showing you how you show up in relationships. So people with this attachment style, they tend to be overly needy, right? You're anxious all the time. And guess what? You're uncertain and you lack self-esteem a little bit, if you want to be honest. Even with all of that, you crave emotional intimacy. But you also worry that other people don't want to be around you. You also worry that other people don't want to be with you. You feel like a burden. Isn't that crazy? How you crave emotional intimacy. You crave this. But at the same time. You worry that others don't want to be with you. You worry that you're being a burden. Who can relate to this attachment style? Always feeling like a burden. Always feeling like a burden, right? If you have an anxious, preoccupied attachment style, first of all, Again, you're going to be real clingy and you're going to need, you're going to have a constant need for love and attention. A constant need for love and attention. And I'm not only talking about in romantic relationships, these type of people, if somebody, if you take somebody and they don't reply right away. 
Da, 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 da. These type of people right here. If you take somebody and they respond a certain way, da, 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 da. if you take somebody and they ain't matching your energy, <laughs> da, 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 da. these type of people right here. My God. My God. You may feel worn down by fear and anxiety about whether or not your partner really loves you, about whether or not they really like you, about whether or not you're being a good person to your friend, about whether or not you're just being good. Let me make this more personable to all of you guys. This type of person on the job. First of all, you paying attention to how your boss responded to you. If they wasn't all giddy and happy like they was Monday when you came in Tuesday, now you're wondering, what did I do? Now you're wondering, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Are they feeling some type of way towards me? Oh, let's take it to the church. I come to church Sunday. Everybody. Hey, how you doing? The next Sunday I come in. And matter of fact, Wednesday Bible study I come in. They kind of dry. Now you're, you're feeling rejected. Now you're feeling like you're the problem. And my man, is this making sense? You want to be in relationships. You crave that closeness. You, you want to do relationships. You want friends. You see those friend circles people have. They on, the, they on the yacht. They in Miami. They got the little girl trip. They got the white on. They doing the little, um, we get in tonight. All of this stuff like this. You want to do that too. You want to do all that. You want to do all that. You want to have a trip. But you struggle to feel like you can trust. You struggle to feel like you can fully rely on people. It's a struggle, y'all. Because you desire this. You desire to have these relationships. But you also struggle to feel like you can trust or fully rely on people. Being in intimate relationships tend to take over your life because you become overly fixated. Oh, I'm, I'm in somebody's house right now. As soon as you get a man, as soon as you get a new boo, it takes over your entire life. You, you tend to hyper-focus on this. You tend to hyper-focus. You get overly fixated on this. Come on, ready to say I love you after the third day. Hello, somebody. I saw a tweet that said this. 
It said, if, if you don't tell me that you love me by the second day, then I don't want to be with you. Why? Because that feeling of rejection. I'm gonna, and we're going to talk about that one tonight. Listen, tonight's message is for somebody. I know. We're talking about attachment styles. Y'all stick with me. Because we have to do relationships better. A person with this attachment style, the anxious attachment style, you'll, you'll find it very hard to keep your boundaries intact. <laughs> you, in your mind, you want to have boundaries. But when it, when it gets, when it really get down to it, all it takes for them to say the right thing and your boundaries are in a trash can. All it takes for them to say the right thing and your boundaries are out the window. You want to have boundaries, but you viewing space between you and the other person is a threat. <laughs> Y'all follow me on tonight. You view space between you and your partner or your person as a threat, right? You can't really be away from them too long or they really can't be away from you too long or if they haven't texted you in such a, a period of time, it causes you to start to feel panicky. You start to make up movies in your head. Fear. Even with friendships. If you haven't heard from your friend in a week or two, they must be acting funny. They must don't want to deal with you anymore. Or they must be on some new stuff. All of this other stuff. A lot of your self-worth rest on how you feel you're being treated in that relationship. I was talking to someone on this call. We held each other accountable. And we were just trying to figure out how was it possible that one text message can change your whole day? One tone of a text message can change your whole day. A lot of your self-worth rests on how you feel you're being treated in the relationship. You tend to overreact at times. You tend to take it too far at times. And when I say your self-worth rests on how you feel you're being treated in this relationship, meaning that if you don't get a good morning beautiful, your whole day is ruined. You just want to go back to bed and you want to try it again. If you don't get, like I said, these type of people, you're looking at every little thing. You're looking at the, the way the text messages were. How long was the text message? What was the tone of it? How was their voice? Are you dry in the audio message? All of these type of things you're looking at, you're analyzing it because you get some type of worth, some type of, you, you base this your worth off of this. You feel anxious or jealous when you're away from this person. These type of people in friendships, you don't want to see your friends having other friends. 
jealousy begins to come up. Jealousy begins to pop up, right? Another thing about a person with the anxious attachment, you need constant reassurance and lots of attention. You need to constantly be reassured. This can look like you're needing to, them to let you know all the time how they feel about you. You need them to let you know that they love you. I need to hear it from you. Do you love me? Am I beautiful today? Why you didn't tell me that I'm beautiful today? Do you like me? Like, you need that constant reassurance. Do you still like me? You just went to the movies on Monday, but Tuesday, it's a little dry. So you need to know, do they love you? Like, do you love me? Do you still like me? Do we still go together? You need constant reassurance. And then they may start to feel that you're too clingy or too needy, right? So let's take a look into, y'all just stay with me because we have two more attachment styles to go through. These type of people, the reason why, and if you're wondering, why do I deal with the anxious attachment style, right? So with the anxious attachment style, and I know tonight, tonight is, is very personable, but I will say, don't allow it to go over your head. And another thing that I will say is good to know, right? Because you're able to identify what's going on and you're able to fix it and you're able to work on it. With the anxious attachment style, most likely your childhood or the people that raised you, they were often unavailable or distracted, right? Most likely the way that you grew up, whoever your caregiver was, whether it was your mom, your grandmother, whoever took care of you, your aunt, sisters, whatever it was, maybe they were unavailable or distracted during that time. This inconsistency may have left you feeling a little bit anxious and uncertain about whether or not your needs in this relationship would be met. <laughs> right? So if you have an anxious attachment style right now, it could be, and then this is not set in stone, but it could be that how you were raised as a child, your parents, they may have not been as available. So they could have been emotionally unavailable. They could have been unavailable, right? Or inconsistent, which caused you to feel anxious. It caused you to feel up and down. It caused, it made you feel like your needs were not important. You didn't know whether or not your needs were going to be met in that relationship. One day they met your needs. We're talking about your childhood. One day your needs were met. The next day it wasn't. It was inconsistent. It was up and down. As a result of that, when you went into these other relationships in life, that inconsistency, you begin to attract men that are inconsistent. <laughs> you begin to attract friends that are inconsistent. You begin to crave people that are inconsistent. Is it hurting yet? Is it being real yet to some of y'all? Like I said, this message ain't going to be for everybody. 
But it's gonna be for some. You craved. You ain't even know it, guys. When somebody inconsistent, you slick attracted to it. You slick attracted to inconsistency. You you a little bit attracted to it, if you can be honest. You can you a little bit attracted to toxic ways. You're a little bit attracted to it. Because that's all you knew. That's all you knew was the one day we're up. The next day we're down. That's all you knew. One day you're getting yelled at. The next day it's quiet. They're they giving you the silent treatment. That's all you knew. It was the normal. So as an adult woman, you begin to crave. You didn't know it. But inconsistency, you begin to attract the inconsistent, the inconsistent man or the inconsistent friend. And then the thing about this, if you did get somebody that was consistent, you would break it because it did not feel like what you were used to. You would either push them away because you thought they were being fake. It's too much. It's too much. It doesn't feel good. It feels fake. It doesn't feel right. You will push them away when they're trying to be consistent. But because you come from inconsistent environments, you're used to inconsistent people, you don't know how to thrive when somebody consistent comes along. So something got to be wrong. It has to be too good to be true. Right? So that third attachment style. That third attachment style is the avoidant, dismissive attachment style. This type of attachment, okay, let's go back really quick. The anxious attachment style, it will create the love addict, the love addict. So y'all just keep that in y'all mind. So moving on to the third attachment style. The third attachment style is the avoidant, dismissive attachment style. This attachment style will create an adult called the a love avoidant person, right? So adults who struggle with the avoidant dismissive attachment style are opposite. They are opposite of the anxious preoccupied person. I hear you, Rhonda. Instead of craving intimacy, they do their best to avoid it. They do their best to avoid getting close to others. They would rather not rely on other people. And guess what, y'all? They don't want nobody to rely on them either. 
And there's possibility that the love avoided person in different seasons of your life, you can become a love addict too. But if you get hurt as a love addict, you're going to turn right back into that love avoiding person. Love addict, love avoiding. Adults who are who have this avoiding attachment style. You tend to find it difficult to tolerate emotional intimacy. You are closed off. You value your independence and your freedom to the point where you feel uncomfortable sometimes in a romantic relationship. And if we are not careful, like you're saying, Rhonda, sometimes you can think it's your standards too, but you're also going to have to do, and I'm not only talking to you, Rhonda, I'm talking about everybody who has this attachment style. And like I said, some people with the anxious attachment style, there are seasons of your life where you may be avoiding love. Where you're like, oh, I'm good. Uh-uh. I don't want to get too close. I don't want nobody, I don't even want nobody relying on me. No. You're emotionally unavailable. You're pushing people away. You're an independent person. You're content enough to care for yourself and you don't feel like you need nobody. The more someone tries to get close to you or the needier. <laughs> Some of y'all have been in relationships with men who are love avoided. And this is about to make some sense. Some of you have been in relationships with men who are love avoided. And this is about to make some sense because normally guys, the love anxious person gets with the love avoidant. Because the love anxious person is used to being clingy and needy. They're used to chasing and performing for love. The love avoidant person, they push people away. So the love anxious person is attracted to the love avoidant person. And it's just like a cat and mouse game. So if you've been with a partner and you're like, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm loving I'm loving, I'm this, I'm that, I'm giving this and this and that. And it just seems like they're closed off. They're running. Could it be that they have an avoidant attachment style? So the avoidant attachment person. Another thing about this person right here. The closer you get to them or the needier a person becomes, the more they withdraw. Yeah. Yeah. The more clingy you try to be to a love avoidant person, the more they withdraw. Uh-huh. This is going to make sense in a minute. A love avoidant person. They're uncomfortable with their emotions. They're uncomfortable with it. Meaning that your partner, if you're love avoidant or if you dated a love avoidant person, you probably have accused them of being distant, closed off, dry, um, nonchalant. You act like you don't care. You act like you don't see that I'm emotional. You act like you don't see that I'm having a bad day. 
the love avoiding person will accuse you of being needy because they are uncomfortable expressing their emotions with their partner. A love avoidant person, a love avoidant person or a person with an avoidant attachment style, they will minimize <laughs> and disregard their partner's feelings. A person with an avoidant attachment style, they will minimize or disregard their partner's feelings. They will minimize or disregard their friend's feelings. They will keep secrets from them. They often sometimes will engage in affairs or even will end a relationship in order to be free again. If you have an avoidant attachment style or if you dated someone with an avoidant attachment style, first of all, if you're trying to express your emotions to them, they'll disregard how you're feeling sometimes. They'll keep secrets from you. You'll ask them why they're being secretive. They'll do things to end the relationship so that they can be free again. Or feel free. Why? Because they are used to being independent and they don't want to get too close. They prefer casual relationships over long-term relationships. Or they seek out other people who are equally independent or ones who will keep their distance emotionally. Love avoiding people or people with avoidant attachment styles, they don't want, technically they don't want somebody who is clingy. They want somebody who is also independent. But I'm going to also tell you about the love avoidant person and how sometimes they can get caught up in that cycle of the cat and mouse to chase. Are y'all still following me on tonight? I see we got the same people commenting in the chat, but I just want to make sure that this is helping somebody. I really want you guys to follow me because on the next coming of relationship series, I just want to make sure we understand how we operate as adults, how we function in relationship. Talisha said that none of these are her. You sound, I'm going to hit you because you sound like a love avoiding person, but we're going to see. We're going to see. She's in denial. She is in denial on tonight. I'm going to have to pray that out of you. <laughs> the love avoiding person. I, 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 is your, is your um, boo thing on here? Because I bet he would say that you are love avoiding. I already know it. If you want me to call you out. I already know my brother would say that you are the love avoidant person, that you do not want to be clean, that you push people away. But I am pretty sure that probably wasn't always you, right? So with the love avoidant attachment style, guys, you didn't grow up this way. You didn't grow up this way. So while you may think that you don't need close relationships or intimacy, the truth is that we all do. Even someone with an avoidant attachment style wants a close, meaningful relationship. If only they could overcome their deep-seated fears of intimacy. The person who is love avoidant, they did not grow up that way. 
you got pushed into love avoidance by the trauma that you went through in your life. Am I right or am I right? The love avoidant person, they did not grow up that way. They either went through a hard relationship. They either went through a hard childhood. They went through some trauma. They went through something painful and it caused them to be love avoidant. An avoidant dismissive attachment style. Let me tell you a little bit. This could be potentially true. But like I said, everybody with an avoidant attachment style did not grow up that way. But this is just to go in, inside of the childhood of a person who has that, that attachment style right now. <clears throat> the avoidant attachment style comes from a parent or a caregiver who was unavailable or either rejecting, right? Since, since your needs were never regularly met by your caregiver or whoever, you were forced to distance yourself emotionally or try to self-soothe. If your needs were not met regularly by whoever raised you, you were forced to distance yourself emotionally and try to self-soothe. Self-soothe could look like masturbation. Self-soothe could look like um, being in relationship after relationship. Self-soothe could be emotional eating. Self-soothe could be the opposite of emotional eating. Self-soothe could be self-cutting, whatever it is. This built the foundation um, self-soothe could also be like alcohol, marijuana, all of these different types of things, whatever you, whatever your choice of whatever was, self-soothe. This built a foundation of avoiding intimacy and you crave to be independent later in life. Another um, thing that I would say, you could have been um, where you grew up in an environment where you had to grow up too early. And you always talk about this where you didn't have the opportunity to be a child. You didn't have an opportunity to be a teenager. So all of those emotional needs that you longed for as a child or all of those emotional needs that you crave for as a child and a teenager, your needs were never met. So you were forced to distance yourself emotionally. You were forced to, to, to cry in the bathroom or cry in the bathtub or cry in the room when nobody was looking. But when you came out of that room, you needed to be strong. Whether it been for your younger siblings, who did you have to be strong for when somebody should have been strong for you? Who was it that you had to be strong for when in actuality, somebody should have been strong for you? A lot of us are sometimes emotionally distant because we didn't have the opportunity to sit in our emotions growing up, right? So the next avoidant or the next attachment style 
is disorganized or disoriented attachment style. Disorganized, disoriented attachment style. Y'all still with me, right? This is also known as, or we can say AKA, <laughs> the, fear, the fearful avoidant attachment style. Right? This attachment style is a result of childhood trauma, neglect, or abuse. This attachment style is a result of childhood trauma, neglect, or abuse. Right? Adults with this style of insecure attachment tend to feel like they don't deserve love or they don't deserve closeness in a relationship. This attachment style is, it breaks my heart. Um, this attachment style, it pulls on my heartstrings when I think about it, right? Because I, I think that we can all kind of relate to this in some way, right? So the disorganized, disoriented attachment style it refers to the the fearful avoidant it's an extreme sense of fear that you have when you do relationships whether it be with a girl i'm not talking about homosexuality i'm talking about platonic relationships with a friendship whether it be with whoever a male whatever it comes from childhood trauma, neglect, or abuse. And people with this style of attachment, they tend to feel like they don't deserve love or they don't deserve closeness in a relationship, guys. My God, right? For one, if you have this type of attachment style, you never learned how to self-soothe your emotions. If you have a disorganized attachment style, you never learned how to self-soothe your emotions. So both your relationships and everything around you can feel unsafe. First of all, you grew up in childhood trauma, so you didn't even learn how to self-soothe. Half of the time, you didn't have time to self-soothe. Half of the time, you didn't have space if you grew up in chaos, if you experienced abuse as a child, <clears throat> you may even try to replicate the same abusive patterns because that, that, that's something that feels normal, right? And when I say replicate these patterns, you will find yourself um, reproducing the cycles that you went through in your childhood or in your home or what you grew. This is why you see people who grew up in domestic abuse um, or domestic violence homes, they end up in relationships with someone who is abusive. They are replicating what they went through 
So you probably find intimate relationships confusing and unsettling. You'll go through emotional highs and lows of love and hate. Where one minute you're loving the person, the next minute you're hating them. You may be insensitive towards your partner, selfish, controlling, untrusting. It can lead you to be explosive or even abusive, where you're going off at the mouth. You're always going off at the mouth. Remember this person, they didn't know how to manage their emotions and they grew up in this environment. And you can also be hard on yourself as you are on others. This type of person with this type of attachment style, they may come off as antisocial. Uh, they may come off with negative behavior patterns. They may be violent. These type of people with these type of attachment styles, they're very, they can be very aggressive. Let me just say that. They may have a hard time taking responsibility for their actions. If you've been with an abusive partner who they may have had the disorganized attachment style, right? Your childhood may have been shaped by abuse, neglect, or trauma, right? So again, if you have this attachment style, there could be a possibility where you dealt with unresolved trauma, things that happen. You, you hear all the time, men who are abusive, they'll tell you, Oh, I saw this happen to my mama or I saw my mama get beat or I saw, you know, my daddy beat my mama or I saw my mama shoot my daddy. You hear those type of things. Right. And as a result of that, they began replicating what they saw. They began replicating it. And what do we do? We start feeling sorry for them and we start thinking we can fix them. But I want to tell somebody on tonight that God is the only fixer. God is the only fixer. We have done enough trying to fix people, but God is the ultimate fixer and he's the fix people, right? You cannot fix people. You just can't. Don't run yourself crazy trying to do it. Do not run yourself crazy trying to do it. And um, another thing that I want to go over with you guys is the love, the love avoidant love added cycle. Um, I believe that this right here is going to help somebody once tonight. Um, a lot of times as women, when we when we find ourselves in relationship and, and you're going to see which side of the cycle you're on, you can either be on the love avoidant cycle or the love added cycle. I'm going to um, go into teacher mode really quick and I'm going to share my screen with y'all so y'all can see this so it can make sense. But I do want to share this with y'all real quick. All right, so y'all just give me a thumbs up really quick if y'all can see my screen. All right. Now, this is the love avoidant, love addict cycle. Listen. The love avoiding person, we talked about them. But to be honest, the love added person, 
they're typically the person that falls under the, the anxious attachment style, right? So let's, let's go up really quick. When a love addict and a love avoidant come together, they form an addictive type of relationship. And it's a predictable cycle. It's an unhealthy attachment. And this is what some of you guys are calling toxic. This is what some of you guys are calling toxic right here. But a lot of things that we're calling toxic, you need to learn how to put a name to it. Y'all see this highlight toxic love. I know that's popular now, but it ain't cute. It ain't healthy and we don't need to be doing it, right? All right, so with the love avoidant, this is phase one. When you're in a love avoidant or love addict cycle, Phase one is normally when you first meet them, the attraction phase, high intensity, the chemistry is there. You have an immediate urge to rush. Like my sister said, on day three, you are already talking about, I know I love you. So the love avoidant on their side, on the love avoidant side, they come on strong. <laughs> they come off if they're available. They come off as if they connecting with emotional walls. They seductive, they charming, they all of that. They're flattering. They saying all the right things to make you feel special, to make you feel like a queen, to make you, they make promises. They get a high from you being needy. They get a high from you being vulnerable. So at the first, at the beginning of the relationship, when y'all be sitting up there, Telling all of your business, they get a high from this. They ain't telling you nothing, but you telling them everything. But on the other side, the love addict, the love addict, remember, we're talking about the love anxious person. The love addict, they adore attention. They like to feel important. They need to feel validated and special. You know, all of these things, they ignore red flags. They ignore red flag. They in, in phase one, they think he perfect. You know, <laughs> he everything. He perfect. He everything. God sent me the right one. He's everything. This is God. I thank you. All right. Now here go phase two. In phase two, the relationship began to move forward a little bit. And the intensity for the love added person increase. <laughs> you start to feel in love, in love, in love. But the love avoidant person, uh-uh. They like, oh, no, no. Uh-uh. She, she's starting to do the most, right? So the love avoidant person, they still engaged. They still there. But they are giving you less attention and less focus. They still there though, but they're starting to feel uncomfortable because you're trying to get close. Uh, you're trying to get close, close. When we're going to the movies, like when we're going on a date, like when we're going on a date again, like um, I need to see you. You know, I need to see you. I need, we need to be doing something. Like we're not doing anything. You're not testing me enough. The love addict person at this point, they obsessed. And you're only in phase two. 
At this point, you're obsessed with the person. You hooked already. You want them to meet your family. You want them to meet your friends. You tell your family, your friends about them. You telling them about your goals. You telling them they can be, they can drive your car. Um, they can spend a night. You know, all of these different type of things. You letting them do it raw and everything. Like you're obsessed. They yours. At this point, let's get married. Let me go buy a dress. I'm looking for my dress. I'm looking up hashtag. I'm looking up wedding hashtags. The intensity is high, running crazy. You are steady ignoring the red flags. You're denying your partner's emotional unavailable. They're, they're unavailable at this point. See, they started strong, but when you let them guards down, they started to, uh-uh, I can't do this. Oh, no, I can't do this. They started strong, but then when you started to become obsessed, they like, oh, no, these are the type of cat and mouse games. This is toxic, right? So phase three. Phase three is the push and pull dance. Phase three is the push and pull dance. The drama triangle begins here, right? So on the love avoidance side, they start to feel suffocated. They, they're like, oh no, you're starting to suffocate me now. Uh-uh, they, they, they trying to be too clingy. Like, oh, you the type of person that needs to be, you know, around your person. You're the type of person that needs to be around your person all the time. You need to talk to them all the time. You need them texting you all the time. I oh, don't got time for that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. They start to push you away. They start to push you away and they start to put their focus outside of the relationship. But on the love addict side, <laughs> on the love addict side, they begin more and more to notice that the wall is coming up. They start to notice that that partner is distancing themselves. They start to get anxiety. They start to feel uncomfortable. They start to get even more obsessed. This right here, they start to want high attention at this point. They try to recreate what was in the beginning. They long for that in the beginning. But at this point, the love avoidant person has started to put their focus outside of the relationship, meaning that they're busy all of a sudden. All of a sudden, um, they got stuff to do. All of a sudden, they're focused on work. All of a sudden, um, you know, whatever. They're, I'm working out or I'm tired today or they're not making an effort. They're not making efforts anymore. They're not pursuing you anymore. How many of y'all know that y'all are worth being pursued? Like y'all are worth being pursued. And as women, it's not up to us to do the pursuing. It's up to the men to do the, the pursuing. We got to learn how to leave that pursuing in the hands of the man. Because as women, we go, we go ahead of ourselves and we're, we're trying to pursue these men. You're trying to do the most. You're trying to get down on one knee and propose. You're trying to, um, baby, I'm planning a dinner for you. 
when he won't even buy you McDonald's. He won't even Uber eats you anything and you, when you say you hungry. But you want to go all out and light candles all around your house about to catch your house on fire. It ain't even his house. He need to earn that type of access to you. You got to get to a point where you, where people need to earn that level of access to you. Make them work for it. All right, so phase four. Phase four. This right here is the push-pull, the drama dance in full force at this point. Right? So the person on the love avoidant, and Janita, you getting on super late. You want to catch the replay because you missed a good message on tonight. Um, phase four. The love avoiding person. They now got walls up. <laughs> they now texting you super dry. You sending them love songs and they like nothing. You sending them long messages. Baby, you know, I thank the world of you, you know. I thank God for sending you in my life. And then they giving you dry, dry. At this point, they begin to get resentment, resentful, angry. They start to place blame. They start to look down on you. They start to perceive you as weak or needy or clingy or you too sensitive. They start to disregard how you feel. They start to disregard your emotions. Oh, you... You, you always making something out of nothing. Oh, you always, you blowing that up. When you're trying to tell them that they're being inconsistent. When you're trying to tell them that they're, they're not showing up for you. I feel like you got walls up. I don't have walls up. I'm just busy. They're invalidating what you're going through. On the love addict side. You're in denial at this point. If you're on the love added side, you're in denial. You're upset and you're heartbroken because the fantasy that you had in your mind at the beginning is crumbling. You're shocked. You're in disbelief. You're triggered. You're feeling rejected. You're feeling depressed. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to eat. You don't got no appetite. All of these different things. All you want is the relationship to be what? The way that it used to be. When in actuality, the relationship was never anything because he was playing games the whole time. Right? So, cycle number five, right? The avoidant may occasionally, because at this point, at cycle number five, the love added person, they don't have enough. And they're going to start trying to play that game. Oh, if he don't want to text me, I ain't going to text him. Or if he don't want to call me, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a few hours. I'm going to look at the clock. I'm going to wait a little few hours. And if he don't text me, then I'm just, we just going to wait. And then when you start to play those type of games, what the love avoiding person does, because they are attracted to the chase, because they need to chase somebody. When you stop texting them for a little bit, here they come. Oh, you must want thinking about me today. Negro, please. Stop playing. When you start to pull away just a little bit. Oh, you must want thinking about me today. 
get away from me. See, we got to stop all of these games, right? In the last phase of it, normally, if, if, if they don't get it together quickly, the relationship ends, right? The relationship ends. <laughs> I didn't know I came to a comedy show. No, y'all are funny. Y'all are funny. Let me see. But I'm just going up to read y'all chat because I wasn't able to um, read it when we were on. But no, seriously. These attachment styles. As we were going through those attachment styles, if you were able to identify what attachment style you were, could you please type it in the comments? I just want to make sure. Were you guys able to identify any type? I know for me, and it's possible that you can be more than one. In some seasons, I was love avoidant. In some relationships, I was love avoidant. And then in some relationships, I was love anxious. So it is possible that you can be, be both at different times. Somebody says love anxious, love avoidance. Anybody else want to admit <laughs> what cycles are you? Are you the love anxious, the love avoidant cycle? Um, where you Do you have the secure attachment style? The disorganized, disoriented attachment style. Love avoidance. And like I said, most people with love avoidance, they wasn't always like that. There were times when you were on the love addict side, but there was something that happened that caused you to be love avoidance where you don't want to get close to people. Love anxious, love avoidant. So it seems like most people are saying love avoidant. More people saying love avoidant. Wow. <clears throat> we only got a few love anxious. Um, love avoidance. Yeah. You can be both in different seasons and you will know when you are love avoidant because you don't want to tolerate the person and it's still a toxic cycle because like I said, depending on the type of relationship that you're in, depending on the person that you are with or like I said, even in friendships, I, <laughs> let me say this. I, um, I went through a season where I was love anxious in a relationship but I was a love avoidant friend. I was love anxious in the romantic relationship, but with one of my friends, I was love avoidant. You can be love avoidant in a friendship as well. A love avoidant friendship, is, it goes like this right here. When that person texting you, you text them back whenever you want to text them. If they like, girl, let's go to the movies tonight. I don't feel like it. Uh-uh. I ain't in the mood. You always canceling on them. You're not available. You're emotionally unavailable with your friend. When she's like telling you what she's going through, you cannot think about what she's dealing with because you so busy telling her about what you're dealing with. I, I can be honest. I was a love avoidant friend. 
at the same time, I was in a relationship, but I was a love anxious in that relationship. And if we are not careful, we'll push friends away because you're not available. So I know it's late, but I just want to go over um, emotionally unavailable with you guys as well. Because like I said, this is not only for romantic relationships. You can be an emotionally unavailable friend. You can be a love avoidant in a friendship and you're no, you know you love avoidant. Like I'm not talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If your friend, if you know this is a good friend and they always trying to get up with you, they just want to possibly go to the movies or say, let's go out to eat or whatever. And you're not available or you tell them that you're not available because you're avoiding that closeness. You really don't want to get too close to them. You're being love avoidant. And they're chasing you, but you're pushing them away. Have y'all ever experienced that before? And, and I'm not talking about with men, but I'm talking about in friendships where you don't want to get too close to them for some reason. Like you, you just don't want to get too close to them for some reason. So, um, emotionally unavailable. And then I'm going to let you guys go. We're going to pray. And then I'm going to let you guys go. Um, emotionally unavailable, right? But yes, Janita, I, I was talking about you. I said you jumped on so late. You missed some nuggets. You're definitely going to have to um, go back and catch because we just went over the attachment styles for tonight. I wanted to give you guys this foundation before we move forward in the relationship series and kind of talking about the different aspects of relationships so you will know um, how you're operating and why you are operating that way. Um, but who's heard of emotionally unavailable? Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody who you felt like they were emotionally, emotionally unavailable? Or have you been the emotionally unavailable person? You can just put me in the comments if you have. Um, emotional, emotional unavailability refers to someone who doesn't respond to your emotional needs or cues. They don't quite respond to your emotional needs or cues. An emotionally unavailable man or woman, they have difficulty expressing or handling emotions. They have a hard time getting emotionally close to people. Right? So a lack of this emotional intimacy is a sign of their unavailability in a relationship. Right? They're, they're, they're not wanting to get close. And... When someone is emotionally unavailable, I think it's important for us to recognize that. Whether it be if you're dating somebody who is emotionally unavailable, for one, it's, it's draining. Because no matter what you try to do, if that person is emotionally unavailable, what you do is never going to be enough. Especially if they are not aware that they're emotionally unavailable. A lot of people got to be be brave enough or have enough courage to admit that I just don't have the capacity right now to deal with you or to deal with what it is that you are going through. 
Like Talisha, for instance, when you say that you are a love avoidant, could it be that you just don't have the capacity right now to even be all with that lovey-dovey type stuff, right? So a lot of times we just got to be like, okay, do I even have the capacity to, to, to deal with that? I don't have time for that. And, and what we try to do as women because men, they will not admit that they're emotionally unavailable. But what we try to do as women, we try to make them emotionally available. And this goes back to saying you cannot force somebody to be emotionally available. You just can't do it. You cannot do it. So signs that someone is emotionally unavailable is that they avoid intimacy, right? They avoid sharing their close feelings or thoughts with you. Um, you may be like, why you didn't tell me you was going through that? Or why you didn't tell me that that's something that was on your mind or something that you were struggling with? Why didn't you open that open or tell me that? You may feel like you're hitting a wall every time you try to get close to them. Another sign that a man or a woman is um, emotionally unavailable is that they avoid commitment. Have you ever been with a man and he's like, um, are you big on titles? Titles don't matter to me. You know, you, you may be thinking about marriage, but he ain't talking about marriage with you. He ain't even talked about you meeting his family, but he's already met all of your family. So they avoid commitment. Commitment is difficult for someone who is emotionally unavailable. They'll put off labeling y'all relationship. Um, I'm just going to tell you guys this. If he wanted to, he would have. If they want to, they will. If they want to, they will. If he wants to, he will. Simple as that. They'll put off labeling y'all relationship. They'll put off proposing. They'll put off all of those type of things because they have a fear of commitment or they have a fear of getting too close. But what they're not going to do, what I, what I don't like about emotionally unavailable people, they're not going to um, cut off the relationship. Why? Because they can still benefit from it in some way. Emotionally unavailable people, they eventually turn into people who are emotionally manipulative, where they can manipulate a situation too. So while they're they're not going to label the relationship or while they're not going to rush into marriage, but they're also not going to cut off the relationship. They'll keep the relationship going in a way on their terms, not your terms though. Just enough for them. So they get defensive easily. They're easily defended. They're easily defended. Defensive. And they just are not available, period. When you tell them you need them, emotionally unavailable people, they tend to run in the opposite direction. They tend to run any other way. They're nowhere to be found when you're going through a rough time or when you simply want to talk. They really don't have time. They may stick around for a little bit. Just so you, you know, like I said, they'll stick around for a little bit. But they'll minimize your emotions. Or they'll try to change the subject real quick or withdraw from the conversation overall. 
Um, another sign of being emotionally unavailable is they won't be able to empathize with your feelings or what it is that you are going through. Right. So again, I wanted to go over um, these attachment styles with you guys. And I believe that it will set the foundation as we continue on in our relationship series. Each night will honestly be different. Um, this night, like I said, I think with us, you know, I think with us, it's important to understand that when when the when Hosea 4 and 6, when it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge, I will also reject them, right? So I think it's important for us to understand, listen, sometimes you gotta, you gotta use all of the resources that God has put here on the earth. You can keep praying and saying, God, send me my mate or send me the right friends or send me such and such, such and such. But are you willing to get yourself together? Are you willing to admit where you need healing at? Are you willing to admit that you need to be healed? Are you willing to admit that? Like, are you willing to admit it? Right. So that's all I have for tonight um, based on the attachment styles. I hope this was able to help someone once tonight. And what we're going to do, we're going to close in prayer. Um, but in the next coming of weeks, um, as we continue on with our relationship series, if there is something that you guys want us to kind of touch on or go over, y'all can shoot me an inbox uh, on Messenger or y'all can let me know. Um, yeah, y'all can shoot me an inbox on Messenger or let me know like, hey, can we discuss this in the relationship series? Because I want to make sure we're hitting on every area in relationships because what one person is dealing with, you never know. Somebody else may be going through that. So if there is something that you guys want us to cover during this relationship series, please send me an inbox or let me know. I will not give your name. I don't care what it is. If you're like, man, I wish we would go over this or I wish we would talk about this. I don't care if it's relationships like with mother daughter relationships or fathers, whatever, mother wounds, father wounds. I don't care what type of relationship it is. We're not only talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about all relationships for this relationship series so that we can do relationships the right way. So again, I hope this helps someone tonight. And what we're going to do is close in prayer, right? So Father God, we just thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for an opportunity, Father God, to gather God. Father God, we just pray God that this helped someone on tonight. Father God, I pray God that we're able to do our relationships with wisdom. Oh God, we're able to be careful about how we move forward. And oh God, I pray that we're able to take the teachings, the lessons that we learn and take them and apply them in our everyday life, oh God, I pray that you will help the person who is having a hard time or who doesn't feel worthy to be in a relationship or worthy to be loved, oh God. I pray that you will help the person who has an insecure attachment, who has an anxious attachment, who has a disoriented attachment. God, I pray that the person for the person who has the avoidant attachment, oh God, that you will allow us to be in alignment with who you have created us to be, oh God. I pray that we 
we will be in the right place at the right time. Oh God, I pray God that you will heal our hearts. Oh God, I pray that we are not pushing away people. Oh God, that the people that you send in our lives, God, we will know how to love them. We will love them the correct way. We will allow them to love us. Oh God, no more playing games. Oh God, no more playing games. Oh God, with the people that you send in our lives, no more playing games with the friends that you send in our lives. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus against every toxic relationship, God, every toxic relationship where we have been addicted to toxic cycles. Oh God, I pray that you would begin to destroy every demonic cycle, God. And I pray that our childhood, the way that we grew up will no longer have an effect or impact on the way that we do life. God, I pray God that we will know that we are not broken for the person that feels like they are broken or the person that feels like they are unlovable. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, that you would let them know that they are not unlovable. Oh God, I pray God, hallelujah. I just see like lock and key God that you would begin to send her perfect matches, perfect matches. God is sending perfect matches. Hallelujah. No more games. Hallelujah. I just hear the Lord saying no more games and he's sending perfect matches in the earth. Hallelujah. Where it's going to be like lock and key, where it's going to be a perfect match. Hallelujah. No more mind games. God, I thank you now in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Hallelujah that we will get our house in order, our house, our temples in order, our minds in orders. Oh God. That we won't be those who are praying for this and that without doing the work. God, I pray that we'll be able to do the work that we'll be willing to do the work. Father, we just pray that you would bless their week ahead. We pray that you would bless their lives, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that we will not leave from this meeting, that we won't leave from this Bible study the same. Oh God, I pray that transformative power will take place and be our portion. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So listen, you guys be blessed and you guys have a great night. Good night. So if you enjoyed this clip from our Bible study, be sure to go over to Facebook. We have a free Facebook group called the Praying Single Mom Community. Uh, please go ahead and join that group. Uh, send your request to join and meet with us on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We would love to have you guys on our prayers and Bible study. All right, guys. Talk soon.